0: Welcome to another, yet another episode of the Bro Nurse Podcast. Joining me today is Christopher motherfucking Perez. Yeah, you. Michael Munoz. Holla. Michael Munoz is a respiratory therapist. In case you guys are wondering what respiratory therapists do, they do the shit that us nurses don't feel like doing and that we make them do because they are our Bitches. Well,
1: well that's arguable. I mean, yeah.
0: Now Munoz is joining us uh, via telephone call and because he is too poor to afford a laptop computer. Isn't that right, Munoz? Uh,
1: that's true. Like <laughs> the respiratory therapist, you know, we don't get paid enough. Yeah, apparently. Well, glad glad to be here though. Glad to be here. No, he was having show.
0: some he was having some technical difficulties. So, you know, we fucking phoned him in, dude. Hey,
1: we make it work, right? The RT way. You got to do what Shit you got to do, man. Shit you gotta happens, but we make it work. What are you drinking, That's there,
0: right. Scotty? I'm drinking Doctor Squatch soap, dude. You're it's
2: drinking the soap. Smells <laughs> so good. It smells so good that I decided to start fucking drinking it, dude. I love it, bro. I used the, the 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 pine black pine tar one.
0: Oh, pine tar. That's
2: the good. That one's good, man. Legit
0: though, pine tar is my favorite soap that they make. Yeah, I smell like the
2: fucking fresh outdoors yeah like and evergreen ex- ex- exfoliates no, the like a shit winner. out of you dude it's so enough does yeah <laughs> so
0: good <laughs> but no that's it's good stuff man and you can uh there's a link on my instagram if you guys want to try to buy some it's really good
2: um they, they just started they just released soap. a new line of product like or soap, something didn't they soft soap or something else
0: yeah they just released uh liquid liquid soap now that's their new thing yeah you. I got to try that out.
2: It's good, man. It's really good. Yeah, you we know, definitely try some
1: out I can get some free samples from you, Scott.
2: Correct. Yeah, dude. All well, right, man. Let's, let's fucking hop into it. We got Michael Munoz, right? Yeah, let's on jump right in, dude. Registered uh, respiratory therapist extraordinaire. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Do Level they have to get registered?
1: What's up?
0: Do they have to get registered?
1: Yes. So back in the day, there used to be just a CRTs. And then as time went on, you we had to take another test to get to registry. And it just makes you just one level higher as a registered therapist. But a lot of people who were CRTs originally could not pass the registry test.
2: What does a CRT so, stand for?
1: That's a certified respiratory therapist.
2: So correct me if I'm right. So you, you're in the South Florida area, right? You're familiar with Hialeah, yes. obviously. Hialeah? Now, Hialeah, Hialeah, the city of progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they say, you know, right. My stomping grounds. So let me ask you, is it true that you can go to the flea market and just buy a registered respiratory therapist degree because
1: that's I, I feel like that's how
2: you practice sometimes Munoz um
1: listen, I agree with this listen this I endorse everything' saying this kind from the two biggest killers I've known all right <laughs> to work in the CV and, and ICU all right listen I think you guys have more kills than Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> okay. So let's just pipe it down here. Um, I used to clean okay, up a lot of your messes.
0: So, all right, real talk though. Uh, as much of a complete total fucking idiot, Michael Munoz says he's actually really smart when it comes to vents. That's why I wanted to have him on the show because I felt like he could give us some pretty good perspective. You just have to weed through the bullshit, right? Right, Moons? Absolutely. It's yeah. bullshit, but sometimes it's
2: really good bullshit. Sometimes there's a mushroom growing underneath that bullshit. Not that anybody's looking for my advice, but if you're a new nurse, a new baby nurse going into the ICU, I think one of the best pieces of advice I can give is that your RT is like your best friend. So you got to take care of them. They can literally manage an entire body system for you if you can you know, create some good rapport with them
1: and, and create
2: a good teamwork.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree with that. You know, And another thing too, like I said, like you said- if you do have a really good rapport with the RT, it can also make your shift a lot easier, as well. You know, from a vent going off every two minutes and annoying the hell out of you, to maybe I might not make your patients shell over themselves right after you clean them.
0: Yeah, I like to just change the fin settings by myself after Munoz leaves the room.
1: Oh, I mean, how amazing. hard can
2: it be? You just got to push some buttons. Oh, a couple of God, buttons. I,
1: I hate you both so much. And this is exactly why. <laughs> and this is exactly why, because of people like Scott, is why I started locking my vents. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly why. Um, so how
2: how long is uh, how long does school take to uh,
1: get your RT? Typically, to, to get an RRT, it takes about two and a half years. You know, and that's not even including your clinicals. So it's, um, it's a grueling process. I mean, it's a lot of math that honestly I never use even to this right. day. So, Do
2: you, you did you, uh, did you have to do any prereqs? Like get your AA or anything like that before you start the program yeah. or is it? Yeah, before, it,
1: okay. before, yeah, you do all your prereqs, your normal, you know, your math, your, all your sciences. Pretty much every size, from organic chemistry, regular chemistry, uh, you, microbiology, AMP 1 and 2, you know, sorry, your anatomy and physiology. So
0: so it's all the same stuff as nursing. It's why don't you, you just exactly. be a fucking nurse, Munoz? What's wrong with you, bro? Uh, it almost you know sounds what? like it's the same I'll amount of school.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll tell you exactly why, because I'd rather do peep than poop. I can't do it. Peep? He said
0: I'd rather do peep than poop. We don't do I that much, way. Though,
1: man. I, mean, so, uh,
0: I see you do a lot of poop, but yeah. not yeah, that much. No, thank
2: you. I, I can't do it. I nope. I'd rather do peep than poop. That's good. Yep. I like that. Yep, I rather. attend on everybody, no
1: matter what. Oh god! But I rather honestly, I rather deal with a really nasty infected trach that's oozing every color out. Gross. Than deal yeah, with a gross. with a patient who just shit himself. I I can't do the poop. Equally gross. I think. What's so gonna hard.
2: happen when you have kids, Munoz? Yeah. Um, Well, that's the whole point of being married and
0: having a woman in your life. He's going to have to find someone that will breed with him first. You're skipping a whole part,
2: Chris. (laughs) Do you honestly think – never mind. Let me not even go there. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) you. But anyways, let's get along with the topics
0: of the day, guys. Today, I really wanted to address something that happened in the social media fucking universe – uh, a woman by the name of Dr. Pimple Popper oh, God. decided that she was going to blast the nurses of Instagram. She apparently didn't learn from the last 14 million people that came at the nursing community head on. I mean, it, it usually doesn't go that well for them. So yeah, so she came at the fucking nursing community hard, bro. What are you guys' thoughts on this?
2: The nursing community's fucking outraged. It's it's bananas, man. There is, Are there was hashtag- so many so many mean pages that I saw. It just all had something to say about Doctor Pimple Popper. Are you hashtag
0: outraged, Chris? As a
2: nurse, I don't get outraged. It's not my. I, I refuse to be a part of that culture.
0: I agree with that. I love that, dude. What about you, Munoz? Are you fucking outraged at this fucking this fucking unbelievable fucking triggered
1: bullshit? Not so much. I mean, not so much outraged, but more shocked. I'm more shocked than anything. I'm like, who again? I'm like, who the hell is this Pimple Popper Lady? i um, like, I pop my own pimples. Thank you very much.
2: Well, and the fact that she
1: has paid to do this shit.
2: Let's kind of let's kind of backtrack a little bit here. That's um, so that way, if anybody doesn't know about what happened, uh, WebMD asked a registered nurse what the difference was between sunscreen and sun poisoning, sunburn and sun
1: poisoning. So, sunburn, sun oh yeah, poison, sun, sunburn,
2: yeah, sunburn, sunburn and and sun poisoning. I apologize, and um, Doctor Pimple Popper's response is: Why ask a registered nurse? Shouldn't you be asking a dermatologist? I'm paraphrasing, of course, but it was something along those lines. And the nursing community was like pretty heated. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Pretty heated. It a should- lot of people, a lot of nurses, had something to say.
0: Yet that you forgot that she put a little. Uh, you forgot that she put a little uh, rolled eyes emoji at the end. That's. I think oh, that's yeah. important. I think that that little
2: that little caveat at the end. I think it's important uh, to me. I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because like, you can say something, but what really conveys your message
1: is the emotion that you use and the, the tone. The emojis, <laughs> yeah. The emojis, bro. Yeah, it was almost like that, that. Complete condescending tone, like, oh god, no, another thing for another nurse.
2: Like, yeah. You know what, moons? I think you hit the nail right on the head. It sounded very condescending.
1: Yeah, absolutely. it was. Yeah.
2: It was. It was very condescending, dude. I didn't like it.
0: When I read it, my gut reaction was, what the fuck did the nursing community do to Dr. Pimple Popper? I'm pretty sure like 90% of all of her followers on Instagram are nurses, dude. I think that
2: there's a big disconnect between a lot of like, there's a disconnect between colleagues in a hospital. A lot of nurses think that they're above uh, CNAs, that they're above RTs, and doctors... I feel believe they're above nurses and everybody else, but we all have the same common goal, and that's to take care of our patients. I think that there needs to be a commonality between all of our mindsets to to understand and realize that we're we're colleagues, we're working together. You know what I mean? We're all part of the same team, we're, we're right? All exactly. We all have the same goal. Doctor doesn't sign my paycheck, so I'm not sure where where he you know he or her kind of like that attitude off from and same thing with nurses against you know with C, with cNAs and everything else yeah I mean honestly um you know who
0: talks who has a great perspective on this is uh dog MD
1: if you oh, read yeah.
0: his healthcare 3.0 his whole like uh manifesto for healthcare 3.0 he talks all about this dude it's so good it's like worth it's it's maybe like a five or, or ten minute read but it's worth every word because he talks about Uh, healthcare 1.0 where the doctors were seen as like the pilot of the plane you know like they kind of had made decisions based on instinct and not real not real like evidence and they um kind of like um what's word experience was seen as like the overwhelming quality that you wanted in every physician like if he was more experienced or she was more experienced than you that was like you're under them regardless and it didn't it really turned a blind eye to science and the scientific method in a lot of ways. But then there was a problem because people were felt disconnected from their healthcare providers. And so then they ushered in healthcare 2.0 is what he calls it, where basically the hospital initiated quality care measures into healthcare. So the HCAPS and press Ganey surveys came out and it took the power away from the physician and away from, away from all, healthcare, all healthcare providers and put it into the, the hands of the consumer and turned the health, healthcare into a machine. So all the healthcare providers just were cogs in this machine. What it did is it kind of like belittled the human experience and took that away and then we got to a point now where his what he wants is is he's pushing for healthcare 3.0 where you understand the individual person and you let evidence guide your practice but you don't let it dictate practice and you use a very holistic not holistic in the sense of like alternative medicine holistic right. as, in the sense of seeing the patient as a one part of a whole system and just approaching healthcare in a different way a more collaborative way where each individual team member on on the team sees themselves as a vital part of the team with without which the team wouldn't function you know and that's the way that it should be man i know that was kind of a lengthy explanation but honestly that's the way that it should be i agree with his approach a thousand percent i love that guy
2: I think it makes sense. I mean, you have – I mean, how many times have have, um, have you been asked to start some sort of new intervention or new medication or even Munoz when you get asked to make some vent settings? And the the next question we ask ourselves or the next thing we say to ourselves is let's see how the patient responds to that. It's not an exact science. There has to be, like you said, some collaborative effort, you know, between nurses, RTs, and doctors to kind of, you know, make it a very touch-and-go process you know, and uh, nurses and rts they need to be educated, maybe not to the extent that doctors are, but we still need to be educated on all kinds of disease processes. And we still have some knowledge to impart on, you know, on, 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 on diseases and, and whatever conditions that some people may have. You know, we have to educate our patients on on that kind of stuff all the time. So I don't think it's unreasonable to ask a nurse, a registered nurse, for some sort of advice or some sort of explanation on the difference between sunscreen or sunburn and sun poisoning. I'll do you one more,
0: dude. I think that if you um, you don't see it as often in the ICU, I feel like you spend more of your time educating family members in the ICU than you do actual patients. But point. I think that in the in the emergency department, you spend uh, a overwhelming amount of your time as a nurse educating your patients. That is something that it's like such a integral role of being a nurse in the emergency department, and that is just something that every nurse does, dude. It's just if a if a doctor took their time to educate a patient for a nurse, that's like an awesome thing, and it's awesome. It's it's great because it the patients unfortunately respect doctors more than they do nurses. That's just the brass tacks, but so so they appreciate it more when the doc comes and educates them personally, but that doesn't fucking happen, dude. That happens like one out of maybe 15 to 20 interactions, depending on the docs, depending on a lot of variables, but just if I were to just a blanket number, that's like kind of where it's at. You know what I mean? It Like it, it, it happens less often than it does. It happens more often than not, you know? So like we spend most of our time educating. That's something that we're absolutely qualified to do. In fact, a lot of nurses, they pursue careers, degrees, like doctor level degrees and nursing education just in that one field alone. So, you know, to belittle nurses to imply that they can't do that part of their of this job, it just seems kind of fucking stupid.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure that was probably the most appropriate comment on her part. She tried to backpedal too. That was kind of the funny part about it all.
1: Well of of course I don't blame her for trying to backpedal. You know what I mean? She's trying to save face there. Being that she's got her own show and, you know, she doesn't want to be canceled by the networks or get any kind of bad press, which I think it's a little too late now. Yeah, I think uh,
2: WebMD even uh, changed the name of the article, didn't they? I posted that up on my Instagram.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw they changed the article. It It said,
2: say,
0: a nurse explains.
2: It used to say,
0: what's the difference between sunburn and sun poisoning? And it was like semicolon, a nurse explains. And they took that part out. Dude, I blew them up on Instagram because they did that shit. I thought that was fucking whack.
2: What does that say about WebMD? It says WebMD
0: agrees with Dr. Pimple Popper. Pop her <laughs> pimple. <laughs> no, but everyone's like, all right, I, I've, I've seen uh, multiple perspectives. it's
2: is just like, I don't care. I'm just trying to get it in.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen multiple
2: annoyed. perspectives.
0: I've heard multiple perspectives on this. I've heard people say, well, she's right, like, like she, like you know, a dermatologist, a board-certified dermatologist would be better at educating. Okay, does that mean that you need to speak down to people because a board-certified dermatologist would be better for this role? That's totally fucking irrelevant. Who is talking? Who who is even talking to you, Doctor Pipple Popper? Who brought you in on this conversation? This is an article that WebMD posted independent of you and dermatologists everywhere. About uh, from an article that a uh, BSN. Nurse published. So, what the fuck point do you have? Like, yeah, maybe you would be better at explaining it, but I didn't see you volunteering your time before it became a public issue. I don't yeah, see I you mean, at the bedside every time a patient needs education. I would almost see you at my emergency department educating the people that come in for fucking blisters. You know, you leave that yeah. up to me. Is that because the cameras aren't around? Is that because nobody's fucking writing an article about it? We're you know? talking
2: about fucking sunburn and sun poisoning. It's, I'm not, it's not a serious, like, all right, you want to know how to not get sunburn and sun poisoning, you don't go out put in the, the fucking sun, on. put the <laughs> sunblock on, you know, it's not like a complicated disease process. Right. right. So, I mean, I don't think that she's, you know, it was necessary for her to really have said anything. Like you said, like who asked her, who asked Nobody. you bro. That's what, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like, uh, if we were talking about something else, like, Oh, a nurse explains psoriasis, Okay, maybe you know, we can kind of start being like, okay, you know, maybe she was maybe she's onto something. Maybe a dermatologist should probably explain this. But we're talking about fucking sunburn. Yeah. And sun poisoning. Is it does it bother you that much that you need to go on social media and blast nurses? Yeah, kids? I mean, and the
0: eye roll, the eye roll is the worst part. You fucking put the nails in the coffin with the eye roll. It's like now you just look like a douchebag. Now you now you just like told you you completed the douche with the eye rolls you know with that
1: oh, absolutely well she did that eye roll and I, I saw that i was like oh my god so this condescending just put the, she just put the fucking nail in her own coffin
2: i mean i'm not really one to to give a shit for about for a lot of things you know i mean i try not to and i'm not one especially talking about like you know this whole outrage culture that we you know i have been been tossing around that term recently too but i mean it's not like i'm outraged by it but it's just like What's your point? Like, what are you trying to get across here? Like, are you that insecure with, I don't know, whatever knowledge you have to impart that nobody came to ask you about sun, sunburn? So you need to go out and give your two cents? Yeah, I just honestly think that she saw it as a publicity stunt. I, th- I think
0: that she just, she saw it and she was like, oh, wow, man, I really could have probably made some money off of this. And then saw that like a lowly BSN got to uh, publish an article about her field and she was just got very offended by that. She was hashtag do you, outraged.
2: Do you feel she's uh, entitled to uh, the the speciality of dermatology?
0: Absolutely. She, if, she, if she's a board certified dermatologist, she's absolutely entitled. If you've earned something, I think you're entitled to it for sure. One thousand percent. Fair point. Yeah, man. I mean, like, I don't think that I don't think that I can do what a dermatologist does. Absolutely not. Like, do um,
1: I? I do. Listen, I do a. Dermatologist does every day.
2: Okay, <laughs> Mooneyes is like I put lotion right. on my skin. I put, I put lotion my lotion on my skin. skin. Done. Dermatology right. I, I completed.
1: <laughs> dermatology complete. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Done. Built <laughs> we'll, 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 my own practice here, guys. You got an
0: ingrown toenail. Fucking is that dirt? Yeah. No, let's put eye tree. My bed. That's
1: exactly. Put this on. Uh, in-grown, ingrown
2: hair. Ingrown hair.
0: Ingrown <laughs> hair. <Just> dermatology
2: <laughs> complete. Just just hand over a bottle of a, a tube of lotion. They're like, hey, yeah, just follow directions.
0: Uh, Those words on
2: the back of the bottle, <laughs> do that. Do that. That'll be I don't know exactly.
0: Not- <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting my um, bill. I'll
2: send you the
1: invoice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, uh, uh,
0: dermatology is a very serious profession, like once in it a is. while. Like, like once, like <laughs> like really, really, really rarely. It is a very serious Yeah, profession.
1: if you're maybe removing uh, a melanoma.
0: Yeah, I mean
2: even then it's like not
1: Look that big that. of a deal.
0: But every once in a while, you know, like 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 one every ten thousand times, it's like very serious profession. So
2: What's that what's that uh episode on Scrubs where you see this doctor running through the hallway like there's a huge emergency? <laughs> He's like <laughs> <Yeah>. dermatologist <laughs> coming through, dermatologist yeah. coming, oh, yeah. Through. Yeah. coming through, get out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> it can wait, bro.
0: It can <laughs> wait. It can wait. It can wait. <laughs> oh, it can wait it's been growing for 16 years it's not getting any faster <laughs> no i, I got bad respect for the dermatology folks out there yeah you know we just like to make jokes because it's funny and we have to keep this entertaining for everyone you know absolutely and, honestly, absolutely. I like and since it, it, we should we should say that she did make an effort to apologize and i fully because i do not subscribe to the fucking outrage culture that like unfortunately my generation has decided is gonna like Narrate their their entire lives. Um, she did make an effort to apologize, and I pre- I honestly, honest to God, I appreciate that. Like, I believe that everybody can say some fucked up shit. Sometimes I say fucked up shit. Sometimes on this podcast, I say
1: fucked up shit all the time.
0: Exactly. And you know, if me, yes. if you like, if you're making an effort to apologize, then I think that we should
2: recognize and appreciate that. I really do. Eh, so that's, that's a really good point, man. Because well, I, I think there's like this uh, this widespread like mentality of like you know you could apologize but i'm never gonna forget a lack of like humanity you know yeah yeah i think i think that that's fair you know like if somebody you know tried to as long as she meant it you know like a you know apology well thought out you know Recognizing that nurses are an important part of healthcare, which they are, just just like doctors are, and Rts and CNAs and everybody. We all need um, each other, bro. We, we yeah. all need each other. All, we're all playing work. on the same team. I
0: mean, we so, don't. We don't really need respiratory therapists, but I mean, we all the rest of them, <laughs> we need all the rest of them. Just kidding, moons.
1: God, no. I listen. i been a respiratory therapist now for like seven years. All right, and I'm used to getting shit on. We begin shit on. <laughs> since the dawn of time. But funny thing is too, when the shit is hitting the fan and it hits the fan a lot, the first words that come out of every person's mouth, nurses, doctors, everyone is respiratory. For the love of God, where is respiratory?
2: He's right. I hate it. You know, he's He's right. He's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's, he's right. I I agree. The second, there's a problem with the vent. Where's respiratory? The second somebody codes, where's respiratory? Even when we round in the ICU, Where's respiratory? Where's Second, respiratory? I need fucking
0: some albuterol nebs. Where's, where's respiratory?
1: Oh yeah, betterol. Oh god, albuterol. He's the patient has the shits. Let's get him a do in up treatment. No, <laughs> shut the fuck up, please.
2: <laughs> oh man, I love this podcast. I'm not. I'm not gonna <laughs> lie, man. I I I've seen Munoz fucking hustle, man. He's out there. For, Munoz flexes where? every now and then, bro. He flexes every now and then. He oh. knows works hard, man. He's out there fucking working all the time. He does. I dude. got it,
1: man. You know, I live. Uh, I live in South Florida. I live an expensive lifestyle, so <laughs> he's got a Lambo.
2: Dude.
0: Williams is a Lambo. I'm he's a bougie. savage,
1: classy, bougie, ratchet, <laughs> ratchet. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right now.
0: No, but um, that's a good. It's a good point. You know that, like, respiratory is such a vital part. I wanted to talk about. How the like the respiratory approach uh, to these COVID nineteen patients? Because I hear that Florida is experiencing a little a little something something right now, a little pressure. Um,
1: You know, honestly, at first when this whole COVID break breakout happened outbreak, you know, out yeah, thank you, sorry outbreak. It's my dyslexia, you know. But like like I said, when this whole outbreak happened, you know, at first it was like, wow, okay. This is really serious. You know, we were getting floods of people coming to the ER and, you know, admissions were going crazy. And, you know, especially with the cruise ships coming in at first, which was madness, madness, you know? I mean the immigrants? No, I mean, I, well, yeah, technically, yeah, they're immigrants. I mean, these people who were, the cruise ship workers were really sick, who were 25 years old, 26 years old, and they're getting intubated. Unfortunately, a lot of them not making it. You know, it was very serious at first. So, when it's first, like I said, when it first happened, it was very hectic. But out of nowhere, it just died down. We stopped getting admissions. The census dropped. And for a while, it looked like, okay, maybe we did beat this. Maybe COVID is finally going away. And then, hell broke loose. We started getting the riots. They started phase one, phase two, of reopening things. And now, from what I've been seeing, there has just been a huge flood of COVID coming in. And it just seems that now it's worse than it was when it first started. I feel like the patients coming in are sicker. They're younger. I feel like it's gonna get worse.
2: Mild segue here. Do you think that there's some sort of – I know you, you, you uh, Ashley, and Francisco talked about this on the last episode, but um, I kind of want to get Munoz's perspective also because he's down there in South Florida as well. Do you think that – and there was like a bunch of riots and
1: protesting down in South Florida, right, Munoz? Right, absolutely. I mean where I work you know, at my hospital where one of the – where the protesting was, you could actually – when the riots started to break out, we could actually hear the flashbang grenades going off from our hospital. That's bananas. And we're, yeah, so, we're like, okay, so all right, so I'll get back inside and prepare for the worst right now because people are so still coming. So do you, in, do you
2: think that there's some sort of correlation between because it was just about two weeks ago they started
1: right and a protest, right? I,
2: so do you think there's some sort of look, correlation between that?
1: Absolutely, I think there is because a lot of these people who I saw protesting, I didn't see masks on, on, on a lot of these people, you know. And I said the same thing. I said, you know, what, give it two weeks before now the COVID starts coming back, and more people start coming in sick with Hmm. with symptoms. And sure enough, it's happening now. More people are coming in sick, you know, who are young, who are protesting age, and it's getting ugly. Is that an age?
0: Protesting age? Is that a – Well,
1: well, you know, the majority of these protests are young. They're in their low to mid-20s. So, I mean, the youngest kid I intubated here in South Florida was 17 years old who's COVID positive.
0: What are you guys doing differently for the COVID patients when you intubate them versus like the, like a regular intubation before COVID-19?
1: So before COVID-19, you know, intubating a regular, you know, healthy-ish person, you know, it was, it was fast. Easy, fast. You never thought anything about it. You know, now it's a process between, you know, gowning up a special mask with a special respirator on. And then the process of getting everything ready and, and staff ready—it's just, it it, just has, it, it it takes time now, you know. Especially when a patient is crashing, you know. Before when a patient was crashing, who's non-COVID, no more than five minutes it takes to intubate a patient. And that's between getting the vent ready, getting the ET tube ready, you know, things like that. Now, so so so
2: it's a it's a it's a long process. Obviously, do you, are you guys finding that you're intubating patients? Uh, a lot sooner rather than later before it becomes an emergency just because of the amount of time it takes to get prepared to go into that room?
1: Well, now now I'm noticing that we're actually intubating patients a lot later than we are sooner. So now we're trying to use alternative methods before mechanical ventilation. For instance, now we're placing patients on high-flow nasal cannula, trying to give them a chance. Now we're placing them on BiPAP. Uh, trying to give them a chance before mechanical ventilation, and then lastly, if those two fail, then we go ahead with intubation. Uh, so,
2: why are you guys doing that now versus um, before? What's what's the what changed
1: that you guys so are giving them a little bit forward, more of a chance? So, what You know, the CDC was saying, you know, well, you know, you shouldn't be placing patients on high-flow nasal cannula due to the aerialization of the virus that can project in the air. Where now, as more studies are being done, now they're saying, okay, now you can place the patient on high-flow nasal cannula, but no more than 45 liters. The the particles will not aerosolize in the air. Same thing with BiPAP. Now, there are new filters out there that we can place on a BiPAP so that when the patient exhales on a BiPAP machine, they're not going to exhale these COVID particles into the air.
0: I really feel like this bullshit. They're going to fucking squirt that shit out of the side of the mask no matter what.
2: (laughs) <laughs> what if you just put a mask on the vent of? The
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: what we sad, do when we patients,
0: I don't know if you guys do the same thing there, but what we do when we intubate patients is we we put uh, this big fucking hood on top of them. It's this big. It looks like uh, something that like uh, the kidder, kindergarten class of two thousand and fucking twenty made, and it's like this big plastic fucking tube, uh, like uh, like inner tube uh, structured plastic a little like uh, box and we put it over top of the patient's head and there's holes two holes in it for uh, anesthesia provider whoever they are to stick their hands in and uh work on that intubation literally we take it off every time because it's fucking so cumbersome it just gets in the way and it's impractical as so
1: it's so so it's so funny you mentioned that because right now what we use in the emergency room is exactly what you're saying it Mm -hmm. looks like a giant it's a giant plastic clear box with two holes in it that you stick your arms through with the glidoscope to intubate the patient. Mm-hmm. All right. Versus when we're on the floors or in the unit, you know, when we need to intubate a COVID patient, we call anesthesia and they come in, it looks like they're going into outer space. It's a giant helmet. It looks like something from the movie outbreak, what they were wearing. Anesthesia.
0: All right. <laughs> yeah. All <laughs> right. I'm going to tell Javi you call it.
1: Um, I'll tell myself because you know what? I can do that shit without all that. <laughs> and still be safe.
2: That's oh, right. I forgot. I forgot that Munoz is running around just tubing people left and right. Yeah, he's hey, dropping tubes, baby.
1: That's what we are doing, baby, no. dropping tubes. No I moves. always ask him, "What do you want? The number eight or the seven and a half?" Mm-hmm. But Munoz. um
2: <laughs> I don't know, man. I've seen I've seen Munoz uh, in the room with anesthesiology when they're intubating, and he's just kind of sitting there handing, you know, he's like hands him a tube, and it's really walks out, out <laughs> basically, yeah, he's really I'm good at, at handing tubes over. Best in the game, baby. Best hander in the oh, game.
1: Man. Oh man! I I hear a lot of saltiness tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no saltiness, bro. But yeah, but like I said, it's it's just it's it's completely different today, the way so, things so, were six months ago.
2: So the main thing that changed was was those filters. That's what kind of has uh, allowed you guys to kind of uh, push. I guess I, I don't know if the word or the correct phrase fa- fa- the correct phrase would be to like you know kind of push the limit and let them kind of. Exactly. To failure. exactly. Kind
1: of, okay. Kind of give him a chance. Give him a chance. We don't want to stick that tube in them yet. Give him a so chance. So patient's going
0: into ARDS. All right. So do, for those for those of you that don't know what um, acute respiratory distress syndrome is, we call it ARDS. It's when like the patient has passed the point that they can be mechanically ventilated because their lungs no longer comply with the pressures that the ventilator is exerting. True.
1: In and, and layman's terms, ARDS is pretty much the lung is stiffening up. It's, it's getting not able hard. To expand. Yeah, the it's, lungs it's not are becoming able to expand. Hard.
0: Right, right. So are you finding that COVID patients are um, going into ARDS faster? Or like why are they all prone? Like what's the deal?
1: Well, here's, it's, it's so interesting you say that with the ARDS now. I've noticed more that younger patients with COVID are not going into ARDS versus an older patient with COVID. Um, I don't know if it has to do with, the, I think it has to do with the age and just the overall health of a patient, you know, and, and, and the age of their lung. So normal conventional ventilation would say someone with ARDS, you're going to give them a high rate with a low tidal volume. All right, that's normally how you would ventilate a person with ARDS. That's great. So with these older patients, what's happening is that's exactly how we would ventilate them. Low volumes, high rates. Now, with these younger patients who never had any problems with their lungs, you know, no health problems whatsoever, their COVID situation is we noticed that when we tried the same way of ventilation with the high rate, low volumes, it was not working for them. So So we would, revert, so we would revert back to just traditional ventilation. would use an ideal body weight and ventilate them that way. And we noticed the PIPs were fine. They never went into ARDS. And we were actually able to wean them in about less than two weeks.
0: Are you finding a lot of young people are dying, or are you, is it kind of what everyone is painting the picture, where like the kind of the elderly and the already sick are dying?
1: No, absolutely not. No, when it first happened, you know we were getting young patients, but now I know that this second wave, we're getting younger patients. Like but I, I mean? Said, like,
0: how are they doing on the vent? Are they getting extubated quickly? or are they are they
1: are they gonna have- yes, yes, yes. They're they're getting weaned and extubated, you know, a lot quicker than the older patients.
0: Which would make sense as to why the CDC would recommend pushing for high flow and BiPAP versus going straight to intubation with someone with bad gases.
1: Yeah, I mean that's yeah. I mean absolutely. So the moral and of the being- story
0: is. We probably shouldn't have been intubating those young people just because their blood gases look bad.
1: look bad. Exactly. I, like, I used to tell some of these doctors, like, listen, just don't go by the blood gas. You know, look at the actual patient.
0: The patient, not the number. Yeah, clinical look, picture, at the patient, look at the patient, not
1: picture. the numbers. Don't look at the screen. Don't look at the numbers. Look at the patient. It's
2: a good Let brain. me ask you something. How does it make you feel like – so I, I've, I personally have lost a lot of um, muscle. You know. lost a lot of muscle? I can tell, bro. <laughs> no right, yeah right, dude. Look at these, look at these fucking gains, man. Um, gains. No, um, so like, whenever I heard recommendations come from the CDC, I'm like, that's bullshit, man. Like, You're like fuck oh, you. Oh wait, there's, there's oh, a lot of things God. that I did, I, and like, I, if I had didn't, if I had done them in nursing school, you know, now things that the CDC is recommend, recommending, if I had done those things in nursing school, I would have failed like a clinical portion of my class. Oh, have failed Right. So now that you guys are, you know, they say, Oh, we created this filter or whatever crap that we're letting you, you know, keep patients on BIPAP to a lot later. How does that make you feel? How safe do you feel now that they patients on with COVID, on high flow and on BiPAP with some new magical filter that the CDC says it's safe to use? Meanwhile, they're going back and forth when this whole thing kind of came out, going back and forth about you know the recommendations for protecting yourself.
0: This is how this is how I treat the CDC. This is how I treat the CDC fucking regulations. If if anyone here has ever worked in a, in a in a hospital with a lot of residents, a lot of a brand new residents. So so the hospital I work in right now, there's a lot of residents. And so what I do as a nurse is when I see an order, like for instance, a patient comes in and they're having abdominal pain, I see an order for just a CBC. They want just a CBC, a complete blood count. That's all they want. Now I say to myself, self, you know that this motherfucker is about to put in a metabolic panel, a lipase, a mag level, like fucking fluids. He's going to give him some morphine. He's probably going to give him some Zofran. So I just, what I do is I, I just wait and I say, you know, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to, I see those orders. I'm not going to do those orders for at least an hour because during that time period, here comes this trickled other order and then a trickled another order and then a trickled other order. That's how I treat the CDC these days. I treat it like a brand new resident. You don't know what the fuck you're doing, bro. And and I'm cool with you learning, but I'm not going to waste my time waiting for you to fucking learn these concepts. I'm going to sit here <laughs> and I'm going to do some something else productive with my time. While you're fucking bellowing over what the next thing is gonna be,
2: I'm gonna, treat I'm, the CD, I'm gonna treat the CDC the way Miami drivers treat stop signs like a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> what do you R- say? P- I should
0: wear a mask? I shouldn't wear a mask? I should put a fucking mask over my mask? I should, in mean, 95, should, so, should I not reuse my 95?
2: So no. I'll like take what you said and I'll think about it. <laughs> Consider, Take it with a grain of
1: salt, man. Take it with a grain of salt. I mean, especially the CDC. It's like I told us uh, in my complex where I live in my building, you know, some lady granted, I was tired of working a twelve hour shift, I left my mask in my car. Some lady was bitching at me because I didn't have my mask on when I got into my elevator. I kind of, and she had, and she brought the C D C which drove me which set me off right there and then. After working it after working a thirteen hour shift, now you're gonna mention to me CDC. Bitch, you see what I'm wearing, right? So that's what I told her. I'm like, ma'am, do you believe everything CDC tells you? Just saying, people who told you it's okay to rewash your N95 mask. This <laughs> this
2: kind of brings this brings to light a, a kind of like a thought that just you know, I just I just my brilliant mind just thought of it. If you cite something like the CDC, who's gonna like? Is that like a reliable source now? Not anymore. It it's used to be <laughs> Right. So what now. happens? What happens when you write? You know, papers for school and that kind of thing? Are you doing some <laughs> sort of research? Huh? Well,
1: if I, was a teacher,
2: if I was a teacher and they're like, you know, and a student brought to me a paper and then some of the work cited was from the CDC, I'd be like,
1: try um, again. Try again? Right.
2: <laughs> questionable. <laughs> Let me give you a C, C. Plus. I There's I some really you. good suggestions in this paper. <laughs> Excellent
0: suggestion, Michael. I'm going to need you to rewrite the section on. How I should sterilize my mask with a ultraviolet light, please,
2: uh, and sterilize it with a paper bag that I put my lunch in. <laughs> I'm gonna need you to revisit the section on reusing the same mask for two
0: months straight. I'm gonna need you to revisit that section, Mikey. Wild, it's wild, dude. Yeah,
1: it, really, it really is, and this is the day I would have never thought in a million years going to mess, and this is where we'd be at right now. That's
2: what I can't needed. discredit the whole CD. I mean, I'm. Maybe, you know, some of the stuff that they're saying is a little asinine, but I mean, I'm sure they've, they've done plenty for, you know, other diseases and stuff stuff. like that. that Yeah.
0: Yeah, It's like, yeah, dude, the CDC is so good at diseases that we know like literally everything about, but you know, they really fail when we don't know anything (laughs)
2: And we depend on them to know things. But at in, in in all fairness, let's kind of play devil's advocate here. It takes time. Good research, good quality research, takes time. So you're right though. You're right though. Yeah. So I mean, if they put out the recommendations, you know, and you trust that you follow it, I mean, I think it, a more appropriate response for them would have been to just not go back and forth on something like that. Like if if you think an N95 is is an appropriate response, then just leave it there. Don't say go back to a surgical mask because that's fine, you know. Now It just seems like run. they're
0: flipping and flopping a little too much. Like, it seems like they're but they probably are being pressured to, like, put out a new guideline, you know, whenever new evidence, like, arises. But it just seems like it's happening a little too often to be consistent. You know, it, it's like a normal scientific method you would, like, you'd have a question and then you'd test it and then you'd look for a conclusion and you'd introduce it to peer review and then everybody would put their fucking two cents in. And then you come up with like a pretty solid scientific consensus, you know, but it just seems like it seems like they're just kind of like on a whim fucking popping this shit off, dude. It really does. You know what?
1: I feel like, kind I feel of. like they're just winging it. Honestly, I feel like they're just winging it.
2: That's what well, I, I feel kind of, like. Kind of brings up the, the question I, of like how much political, and like financial pressure, they're they're under to kind of be willing to put out you know recommendations that are not
1: safe for people. Yeah, I like mean, when this first started off, every day we we're getting new updated info. Like, oh well, you should wipe down your equipment with this. Oh no, you should use this. You should use this bleach with this purple one, and it's, it says it'll be fine. And this is what that CDC just said. Are you fucking kidding me? Tell the CDC to make up their
0: goddamn mind. Even worse, imagine if you had a fucking business and, like, the CDC's like, everyone has to wear a mask. All businesses have to be shut down. Asymptomatic spread is such a fucking dangerous thing in this country. And then, like, you shut your business down. You lose revenue for three fucking months and then you can't support it and you have to close your doors. And then three months later, dude, after you close your fucking doors, the CDC comes out and says – asymptomatic spread is highly unlikely. Like they literally said that asymptomatic spread is highly unlikely.
2: I mean, that must be I so it, infuriating, hor- especially as a business owner. You build you, your entire life, you know, you're working on building something, a business, you're an entrepreneur, you're an employer. Now all it's that's sad. taken away from you. And Chris, like you
1: said, it's so sad. Cause I've seen that right here in South Florida, a lot of restaurants that I, you know, I grew up here in South Florida. A lot of restaurants I grew up going to as a kid.
2: We, we, now, we know you eat a lot, Munoz. We know.
1: 20, 25 years, yeah. and now they're yeah. shutting down. You know what? I wish I had a Zoom. What I mean. <laughs> you know <what? laughs>
2: I know. this. Half of these jokes don't work as well unless we're on a Zoom chat. I, uh, yeah. I you, they don't it's work still well. funny for, It's still fun
0: for us, Munoz, if, if, in case you are concerned about that. It's fun <sighs> for me and Chris. We're loving it, dude. We're having so much fun making fun of you behind your back. I love it. Know, give me a come and a yeha one, one time.
1: No, I don't want to do it anymore.
2: Oh, come on.
1: Uh,
0: like,
1: just for old know, time's was,
2: sake, Munoz, we missed. I was you. I was gonna
1: do it. I He's was gonna do it. But you know what? I don't know. I'm not in the mood now. You just killed my mood.
2: It was Chris,
0: dude, it wasn't me.
1: Coming at God. you, yeah. Is
2: that almost, how you do it, Munoz?
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> come on give us that that was like a 40
0: percent i want to see a 100 dude
1: i'll oh, give me okay. at least a 90
0: at least a 90
1: maybe, maybe when we close up maybe when we, well, maybe when we wrap it up
2: all right i all think right. i think when you introduce muñoz that's what you that's what you need to do i really was hoping he would do it but it didn't come organically so i didn't push it
1: i didn't feel it i didn't feel it
2: yeah well muñoz always feels it I I sincerely apologize, my friend. No, I Munoz. You know I love you. You know Chris loves
0: you, bro. That's the only reason we're allowed to give Munoz a hard time because we love him. So much. <laughs> That's what it is, dude. Of course, because worry. he
2: gives it right back. Would, he gives it right back. I would, he I talks about all the nurses that kill their patients. The killers.
1: <laughs> they the killers. Well, hey, I got another one for you. What about the va- let's just say we get a vaccine that comes out. Yeah. Um, and what about these fucking anti-vaxxers?
0: What do you, oh, you think they're just not going to take the vaccine?
1: They're yeah. all dead.
2: They're quiet because they're all dead. <laughs> they're quiet because they, <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't get vaccinated.
1: <laughs> I mean, how is this going to go with these, with these parents who don't want to vaccinate their kids? Do we still let them in the fucking school? Especially with something like this, like COVID?
0: Oh, that's a really good point. Like what if what if uh, there's a COVID vaccine and all the kids are taking it, but there's these little exempt motherfuckers that their parents
1: won't yeah. have to take these fucking you got vaccines. The, <laughs> you have these fucking little hippies, these hippie parents, you know.
0: I mean they don't take the flu vaccine and that shit kills fucking more people than COVID. So what's the Not right
2: what's
0: now. what's Those to say that they're more, right? You know, by percentage, it's killing. Yeah, because COVID's killing all the flu people. You didn't see the thing. It's not the numbers aren't good because it's like, all right, so if there's people that are sick, if they have chronic diseases and elderly, you're a ninety-year-old COPD guy with an EFO fucking two percent, and like COVID comes along, it's like, well, COVID is just doing the job that the flu would have done. I mean, this is um, this is these are not my thoughts. These are this is the thoughts of an article. I'm just portraying an article that I well, read. Well,
1: hey, maybe we should oh. just do what the president said. You know, Less testing means less people get positive.
0: Hashtag not your president, huh?
2: I see where you're going with this. I think you I'm voted for uh, Trump, uh Munoz? I, I remember it. seeing a Trump Trump sticker, Trump He's Pence sticker on the back oh, of your, uh, don't your Lambo. Me.
0: Don't he did. insult me. He's got a Lamborghini with a Trump Pence sticker on the back. Trump Pence
1: 2020. Don't, don't insult me. Uh, we my sticker my, stick, we know my sticker says make america puerto rico again
2: <laughs> <laughs> make america puerto rican again
1: yeah
2: puerto rico's <laughs> just like puerto rico's just that like that kid that's sitting in the back of the classroom that's like yeah whatever you guys want to do i'm cool with it
1: as long I'm as cool. i'm american <laughs> that's how i feel it really is i, I god damn it i hate it <laughs> hey man you got like, can we just like, like can we just be like hawaii just make us a state already Dude, Hawaii's badass, dude.
0: Hawaii's like, I'm no. going to exist over here. I'm going to fucking volcanoes, the best waves in the fucking world. I'm going to contribute know. a lot to the world culture of the United States. All right, guys. Well, I figured this would be as good a time as any to just thank our sponsor one more time, Dr. Squatch Soaps, for giving us the opportunity to fucking podcast for you guys. Thank you, Dr. Squatch. Doctor Squatch. Wrong, <laughs> Dr. Squatch was there. I could hear him.
1: Oh, Dr. Squatch coming at you. Yeah! <laughs>
0: <laughs> there <No>. it is. <laughs> Alright, guys. Well, I just wanted to thank you guys for joining us on the Broners podcast. Appreciate Christopher Perez joining us tonight. All day, all day. Uh, and also like to say a special thanks to Michael MP motherfucking Munoz, RT Extraordinaire. <laughs> giving us some insight, and then uh, allowing us to you know, use him as a human punching bag like we always do. Yeah, thanks for joining uh, us,
1: dude. I love it. Can't wait for the next one. Yay. Munoz, I'm going to send you a bar <laughs> of
0: fucking Dr. Squatch soap, dude. You're going to use that shit. It's going to change
2: your goddamn life. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Girls are going to start uh, dropping their panties around you, man. You're going to actually feel – you're going to like see what it feels like to have sex for the first time. For the first time. You know, like, time. You know what? Just include us in that experience.
0: I, w- I want to like a text message. Before-
1: hey, you know, everyone out there, you guys want to just talk, see what I actually look like? You go on my Instagram, Moon <laughs> Over My Hammy23. All right. Look yeah. at
0: this sexy motherfucker, Moon's he's, Over My Hammy23. He's, yeah. using, he's using the podcast to get some babes. He wants the babes. <laughs> if there's any babes listening to the podcast, go hit up Michael Munoz. He's a fucking respiratory therapist and he's sexy as fuck. Ladies, there's no
2: ring on his finger. Oh, shit. And he, hot, he works hard. He's been looking for a sugar, baby.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, you idiots. All right. All right. All right, brother. Thanks for well, joining guys, Talk to you guys later. me uh, too, bro.